everybody. Welcome to the Basis Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. Threading the needle. For the second meeting in a row, the Fed implemented a 25 basis point rate hike, and that brings the new Fed funds trading range to four and three quarters to 5%. This is the highest it's been in a rate hike cycle since the 2006 episode that we saw. But the question on everyone's mind now is whether the Fed continues on this rate hike mission or as a pause or even a rate cut in the near future. And I think given this newfound level of uncertainty, this is exactly what the Fed's trying to do, thread the needle. And so far, if you look at how things are going, maybe it's working. We'll see, right? I mean, we're just talking about initial reactions as we're talking to you right now. But according to their policy statement, besides the rate hike that I just mentioned, the policymakers also tried to give themselves some flexibility for future decisions. I mean, the language was changed and it reflected such a dynamic, right? I mean, we used to see things such as ongoing rate increases and now the terminology being used by the Fed is some additional policy firming may be appropriate. So, you know, what we're seeing, it doesn't necessarily state the Fed's going to pause now, let alone consider rate cuts, but it does suggest future decision-making is now both data and financial condition dependent. And in the pre-Silicon Valley bank world, let's call it SVB, based upon the economic numbers and Powell's semi-annual monetary policy testimony only two short weeks ago, you know, we would have been debating today's meeting, are they going to go 50 or are they going to go 25 basis points? But in this post-SVB world, the debate was brought to either no rate increase or the quarter point that the markets ultimately received. Now, there's no doubt the Fed was in a pickle. Right. I mean, there were legitimate concerns that if Powell didn't raise rates at this meeting, the markets may have been spooked by the thought that perhaps, you know, what does the Fed know that we don't? Are bank financial conditions worse than previously thought? Well, let's look at what comes next, because that's all now in the past. And in this post SVB world, if it calms down in the financial markets, the economic data look any sim anything similar to what we saw in the January and February reports up to this point, another rate hike at the May FOMC meeting should not be ruled out. Now, conversely, on market, you know, ongoing market dislocations, if it continues, could outweigh the data and push the Fed into a pause mode. But as we're speaking to you, you know, as I was getting prepared for this podcast, the implied probability for Fed funds futures looked for a rate cut during the summer. And, you know, in my opinion, the only way that scenario comes to fruition is if the post-SVB world deteriorates from a market and or economic perspective. And don't forget their balance sheet and quantitative tightening, QT, as being a potential part of the mix going forward. So, you know, we get asked a lot of questions. Those are some insights. Can you give me a solution so there's no doubt the investment landscape is fraught with elevated uncertainty and, of course, the volatility that comes with it. We've talked about it before and what happened recently in this SVB world, in this Credit Suisse world, it only just added more layers to that. You know, And, and even though the Treasury market has been the safe haven choice for investors, the level of volatility there rose to levels not seen since 2008 wide swings being readily apparent in fixed coupon yields specifically. But there's one sector of the treasury market that hasn't witnessed this heightened volatility, and that's treasury floating rate notes. 
and they are reset with the weekly three-month T-bill auction. So as a result, they haven't been subject to the headline speculative risk that this post-SVB world has brought. And the floating mechanism allows Treasury floating rate notes to be anchored by the Fed funds rate, not the two or the 10-year note as an example. So based upon this reference rate, Treasury floating rate notes have now become the highest yielding security in the Treasury market, as I'm talking to you. So this provides investors a means of not only capturing income, but without that volatility. In fact, one of the issues that has been brought front and center is that the banks failed to keep up with the increase in Fed funds in terms of what they were offering on deposits. And in addition, unlike vehicles such as CDs or T-bills, there's no lockup period. The Wisdom Tree Floating Rate Treasury Fund, USFR, offers investors a solutions and a means of investing in this treasury floating rate market. So I'm going to leave it there. There's going to be a lot going on, unfortunately, as as it just, I mean, it just never ends, right? It just seems we're, we're just continuing to get hit with the headlines. But we're going to continue to come to you, providing you insights and solutions going forward. I hope everyone is well. Have a great rest of the week. And before investing, carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risk charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully. And past performance is not indicative of future results. Securities with floating rates can be less sensitive to interest rate changes than securities with fixed interest rates, but may decline in value. Fixed income securities will normally decline in value as interest rates rise. The value of the investment within the fund may change quickly and without warning in response to issuer counterparty defaults and changes in the credit ratings in the fund's portfolio investments.